Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Monday, August 29th. Hi, I'm Anne Herrera, a senior crypto editor for Bloomberg News. In today for Stacey Marie Ishmael. The frosty winds of crypto winter are still blowing. And yet NFTs are still bringing the heat for many high-end products. Non-fungible tokens have become super popular with many luxury brands. And they remain a powerful draw for some consumers. High-end retailers Gucci and Tiffany are the latest to jump into the fray with new NFT offerings. Caring's Gucci says it will accept ApeCoin as a legal tender in select U.S. stores. LVMH's Tiffany & Co. also announced it's launching what it calls NFTs. These are collectible passes that can be redeemed by owners of CryptoPunk NFTs for a physical custom pendant. Some $2 trillion has been wiped off of crypto's market cap, and the demand for NFTs has slumped in recent months, along with resale value. So why are these brands so bullish on crypto? With me to discuss why luxury brands have embraced NFTs are Bloomberg journalist Emily Nicole. You buy one at the top and hope that it holds its value over time and you might be able to sell it for triple the price later on. And Taz Akhtar. The building shops, outlets, virtual galleries in the actual metaverse. Emily Taz, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Hey, Anna. Thanks for having us. Okay, let's get right to it. So when did luxury brands fall in love with NFTs? So luxury brands have been circling around the NFT space for about a year, you know, really as NFT collections themselves started to take off and they began to see it's what younger generations might be interested in in terms of luxury items because NFTs, if they're successful, aren't cheap. A digital artwork, a non-fungible token, an NFT, the name of the artist is Beeple, has sold for $69 million at Christie's Auction House in New York. Older generations are more keen on buying the things that they know, like watches and cars and clothes. But younger generations are more open to new product streams. And so an NFT might be something that they can particularly tap into because they're already at a higher price point. Um, younger generations might be more savvy. They're also massive wealth signalers as well. So for the people who want to look like they have money, NFTs are a really big way to do that. So I think obviously many fashion brands are still in like a very experimental stage right now. So um, Dolce & Gabbana is a very notable brand. They launched their NFT during the um, fashion event that they hold every year. And their NFTs have done particularly well because they've sold for millions. And they've also had like um, a physical item also given to the person that's obviously bought the NFT. What's going on with, with Gucci and Tiffany? Why did, why did they make the news recently? 
So for Gucci, it was that they wanted to expand the number of cryptocurrencies that they accept as a means of payment in their stores. At the moment, it's just stores in the US and there's a few there's a few cryptocurrencies that are involved. The one that we reported on was ApeCoin, which is a cryptocurrency that is affiliated with a popular NFT project called the Board Ape Yacht Club. Um, it's not necessarily linked to it, so it's not necessarily, you know, like a, a win for one is a win for both. Um, but in the case of Gucci, the way that they accept these cryptocurrencies is quite interesting because for a big company like Gucci, it would be a big deal if they were to be taking those cryptocurrencies directly onto their balance sheet. And that would mean, you know, a lot of tax implications, a lot of accounting implications, and, and the regulatory hurdles for that would just be insane. So they do it via a third-party provider that basically gives Gucci the dollars. Once the crypto comes in, it gets um, converted and then put into the into Gucci's bank account as a dollar. Um, so whether or not that counts as accepting crypto, I guess, is up to you. For Tiffany as well, it was also another area where it's a bit of like, you know, playing both sides. They decided to launch an NFT collection for holders of the CryptoPunk NFT. So if you own a CryptoPunk NFT, which by the way isn't to do with Tiffany, um, you could buy an NFTIF, which is a Tiffany NFT, um, and then that would basically be a digital pass to then convert that into a physical Tiffany necklace in the likeness of your CryptoPunk. So again, you're buying something digital, but really you're getting something physical out of it. So who are they going after with this, right? Because you said that they are not going to accept the actual coin. And how many people have that coin and do want to spend it to buy like bags? Like, what is the deal here? Is it for marketing? Like, you know, you mentioned younger generations trying to, you know, them trying to attract them. Like, what what's the deal? I mean, I'm a little bit on the skeptic side. So in my mind, it's always a marketing ploy. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a way to show that you as a brand are keeping up with the times and keeping up with, you know, what's hip among the young people, which is crypto at present. Um, but it'd be interesting to see, you know, how many people are really spending with crypto. And actually, there was a story that Taz wrote earlier this year where she went to visit a, a store in oh, yeah. London. The Philip Lang. Store, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they actually accepted, what was it? Some like quite a so large they, they was they started accepting crypto so it was like a web 3 crypto concept store um opened in like old bond street um really flashy and yeah i mean some of the sneakers were priced sorry ridiculously priced sorry philip line i'm sure they're worth it but um and then they had like qr codes they had like you know really trendies type nfts that they were giving away with purchases and I think that Philip Line store is the first in London to accept crypto as well. Um, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm just looking back at the, the article you wrote then, which was in April. Mm -hmm. um, and back then, Philip Line said that last year, payments in crypto accounted for around 3% of its roughly 100 million euros in online revenue, mm. which isn't a large amount, but it's also not nothing. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a... I guess an argument to be had for some of these companies this obviously was online revenue compared to in-store revenue and how many of us are being like are trying to spend crypto in a physical way when you enter a store is another matter but mm. it's definitely also a revenue stream that brands don't want to ignore so obviously this isn't happening in a void right like there's a market around nfts and there's a market around crypto so so what's happening there and how do the gucci and tiffany lop, uh, drops as people say in the sector fall within that emily do you want to give us a sense at the moment 
Particularly this year, we've seen a bit of a slump in demand for NFTs. A lot of the performance of even some of the top NFT collections, sometimes we call them blue chip collections like CryptoPunks, like Bored Apes, um, those have been falling. Floor prices are lower than they used to be. And there's even just little demand for things once they've already been minted. The secondary sales market isn't doing that well. I think our colleague Olga Kreef wrote a really great story earlier this year that said that uh, you know, one in three NFTs has little to no secondary trading after it's been bought. Once red hot, NFTs are now cooling off a bit. The secondary market for the majority of people's paintings today is down 90, 95% from the peak, as is most NFT art. So that kind of shows that NFTs are performing in line with the same way the rest of crypto is at the minute. Nothing is really, you know, booming. Nothing's going to the moon. In general, it's pretty much just subdued slump, I guess is how you could put it. And so when these brands have come in, we expected to see a bit of a bounce. And I guess we did see a little bit of, a, of an uptick in some of the floor prices of these NFTs, you know, on the day of the announcements. But those bounces haven't really held since then. We'll be right back with more from Bloomberg reporters Emily Nicole and Taz Akhtar on how big brands are getting into the cryptosphere. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I've been hearing that, you know, in a sense, the NFT world is a bit disconnected from the broader like crypto markets in the sense of crypto prices of Bitcoin. Do you think that in a way, you know, it's become its parallel thing um, because it's more connected to reality because we have these brands and and these companies coming in? Or do you see it as always intertwined in that, you know, if one goes badly, the other one will go badly too? If we look at this purely from a market's perspective, crypto has been very volatile over the last year as it as it always has been we haven't really seen that improving nfts haven't been as volatile and so in that way they're not really a parallel because they do operate slightly different it is more of a kind of store of value in a sense because you buy one at the top and hope that it it holds its value over time and you might be able to sell it for triple the price later on compared to crypto where people are you know making 
quick arbitrage trades and trying to make money off the pennies and difference between prices on different exchanges. Um, but that's not to say that they don't also get affected by the same things. You know, if you were a crypto trader and you were seeing losses elsewhere in your portfolio, you might sell an NFT to make some money back. Um, and vice versa, if you if your NFTs were crashing, which to be honest, doesn't happen very often. We don't see crashes that often in floor prices. What did we learn about Gucci while we were reporting this, Emily? And that, that's also connected to NFTs, but not necessarily just NFTs. So when we were looking into this story, we were kind of trying to position how these most recent drops in NFT collections or, or accepting more crypto payments is situated within their broader push into Web3. Um, and for Gucci, it's something they've been working on for a while. Speaking to uh, a representative at Gucci, we learned that, you know, this is part of a push they've been doing for about a year and a half. And they have this new unit within the business um, that they hope to become a little bit like a startup that is more free to do what it wants within crypto and Web3 without the constraints of the big parent behind Gucci caring, you know, tapping over its shoulder. And one of those things is to hire a head of Web3, like a global manager that can oversee the operations and push the brand forward in this digital space. But they advertised for that role in January and it's still accepting applications in August. Um, so, you know, how successful that push has been is, is a matter of, I guess, looking at whether or not this drop takes off. We'll find out in results whether or not how like how much uh, they accept every quarter in crypto payments. And if they ever fill this role, you know, what that person's strategy will be and what their goals will be, because that would be quite interesting to see how that how they plan to take the Gucci brand forward in a digital world. They've also bought like a plot of digital land in the sandbox as well. The sandbox is a gaming virtual world built on the Ethereum blockchain where players can build, own and monetize their gaming experiences using non Sotheby's and Chrissy's are uh, experimenting with similar as well. They're building shops, outlets, virtual galleries in the actual metaverse, right? So everything is, yeah, virtual. All right, so we do have to go back to the real world and our real desks to do some, you know, reporting of the world that's not in the metaverse for now. So amazing. Thank you both for joining me. You can find more of Emily and Taz's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal on Bloomberg.com and on Twitter at Emily J. Nicole and at Tanzil underscore Akhtar. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, even if you haven't ever heard the phrase the merge before, you should know that it's one of the most important upcoming developments in the world of crypto. We'll tackle this long-awaited software upgrade to the Ethereum blockchain and what might happen next. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at Crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergalina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producer is Mohamed Farouk. Associate producer is Moses Andam. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidrin. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow.
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.